Democrats passed the Equality Act in the House and Rand Paul grills a Biden nominee about whether governments can overrule parents seeking to prevent their kids from transitioning. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Stand up for your digital rights. Take action at expressvpn.com. Slash Ben, we'll get to all the news of the day with regard to the Equality Act and the transgender propaganda that is now being put forth. You are just expected to buy into the overt lie that men and women are exactly the same in every way and that men and women are terms of art and that subjective self-assessment as your own sex actually matters more than, you know, actual biological reality. We'll get to all that in just a second because what we are living through is uh, something that is completely upside down. It's bizarre. It's upside down. It's ridiculous. Even the very notion that the people who are being imposed upon here are members of the trans community as opposed to, you know, religious institutions, everyday Americans who would like to operate their businesses as they see fit. All of this is completely upside down. We're going to get to that in just one second. First, the breaking news this hour is that the United States has now bombed Syrian facilities used by an Iranian-backed militia. These would be the first airstrikes under Biden. So quick note, bombing Syria is good again. Remember, if Trump does it, it's very, very bad. And if Trump knocks out Qasem Soleimani, the head of the Iranian terror regime, that is super bad. But if Joe Biden fires a missile at an empty structure in Syria and hits a camel in the ass, that is absolutely wonderful. It is good and it is useful. The same people in the administration, by the way, Jen Psaki, who today will be out there defending this activity, was sending tweets just a couple of years ago talking about how Trump didn't have any sort of congressional authority to fire anything at anything in Syria, right? Syria was a sovereign country, according to Jen Psaki. Apparently, when a Democrat is president, all you have to do is slap a Black Lives Matter label on a missile and suddenly the missile is good. That's basically the way this works. Right? All you have to do is just stencil in trans lives matter on the front of a bomb and you can drop it wherever you want. And that, that's how it was during the Obama administration, right? You just put a bunch of progressive slogans on the drones and everything is fine. So we are back to that, which is a lot of fun. According to USA Today, U.S. airstrikes targeted bases in Syria used by Iranian militant groups suspected of attacking American and allied forces in northern Iraq last week, the Pentagon announced late Thursday. Now, as we talked about last week, it was pretty obvious. I mean, remember, it is now Friday. So this means it's been over a week since that original attack that happened in Iraq, right? Iraq, Syria and Iraq, different countries you may have noticed. But the Biden administration said literally nothing about that attack on an American facility in Iraq. Why? because they were deeply afraid that if they mentioned this, that it might drive a wedge between the United States government and the Iranian government. They were afraid that if they said, hey, look, the Iranians are active in Iraq and they are pursuing terror against Americans in Iraq, then that might end all of this Iran nuclear deal bullcrap because it is top priority for the Biden administration to re-enter the horrible and ridiculous Iranian nuclear deal, which basically gives Iran a pathway to a nuclear bomb within 10 years. So long as they pledge, they, they, will, they will absolutely give their Boy Scout pledge that they are not going to develop nuclear weapons for the next 10 years, and we will hand them a bunch of money they can then use for ballistic missile development and terrorism. So this had made, the Iran deal had made the Obama administration, essentially the PR wing of the Iranian government. Every time Iran did something bad, Obama and team would be out there downplaying it, pretending it had nothing to do with the Iranian regime. Well, now they're doing the same thing. So there's an attack on American troops in Iraq by the Iranians, and their reaction is to hit an Iranian-backed militia in Syria. Why? In order to obscure the fact that really it is Iran behind all of this stuff in the first place. So what exactly did they do? Apparently, the strikes hit multiple targets used by the militias. The Pentagon blames for rocket attacks on a base in northern Iraq that killed a contractor and wounded US, U.S. and allied troops. Right? They wouldn't hit Iran and they wouldn't hit anything inside Iraq. They went to this country on the other side of Iraq, not Iran, and they decided they were going to hit a camel in the butt. 
According to Pentagon spokesman John Kirby, the operation sends an unambiguous message. President Biden will act to protect American and coalition personnel. At the same time, we've acted in a deliberate manner that aims to de-escalate the overall situation in both eastern Syria and Iraq. So basically, we are just going to signal that we are a little mad, but not too mad. I'm confident in the target when after we know what we hit, said Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. He said, we're confident the target was being used by the same Shia militants that, con- that conducted the strikes in the first place. So Republicans are, are largely backing the strikes because Republicans are, are fine with terror outposts being hit. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with the terror outposts being hit either. All I'm pointing out is that they are hitting the wrong targets. Okay, they are hitting bases in Syria when the real problem is in Iraq and the real problem is in Iran. And they are doing so in order to obscure the connection between what is happening in Syria and the Iranian bosses with whom they are negotiating. Because it's very difficult to make the case to the American public that we need to be fighting the Iranians who are attempting to kill American troops at the same time that we are giving them a pathway to a nuclear weapon and funding their terror program. So instead, Biden's going to obscure that by doing what Democrats very often do, which is fire a missile pinpoint strike, right? The way pinprick strike, the way that Barack Obama did, and then claim that you're being muscular in your own defense of your country. All righty, so... That is the Biden foreign policy in a nutshell. Meanwhile, in bigger news for the United States, the House has voted to pass the Equality Act. Okay, the Equality Act is one of the most egregiously misnamed Orwellian acts in modern American history. It is not about equality. It is about imposition on Americans of a standard that is unreasonable. It is about ensuring that religious Americans are not allowed to practice their religion. It is about ensuring that non-religious Americans who believe in a differentiation between men and women are completely silenced under American law. That is what Equality Act is about. The way it is proposed, of course, is as an anti-discrimination law. Now, there are already anti-discrimination laws that exist on the basis of sexual orientation and sex. This would add gender identity and gender orientation and a wide variety of, of other pregnancy. It would add all of these to the Civil Rights Act of 1964. And that all sounds fine because, of course, nobody wants people unduly discriminated against. When I say unduly, I mean it is not discrimination to tell a man that he should be using a man's bathroom. That's not undue discrimination. Right? That is discriminating in the sense that I discriminate every time I go out to dinner as to what I would like to eat. Okay? Active discrimination would be saying that a black person cannot go into a white person bathroom. Okay? That is active discrimination. Saying that a man should go to a man's bathroom and should not go into a woman's bathroom, that's not discrimination. That's called being reasonable. In fact, it was precisely this objection that originally sunk the proposed constitutional amendment, right? The ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment. There are people on the right who said this is going to lead directly to the end of men's and women's bathrooms. And people who were promoting the ERA at the time were like, no, we'll never do that. Well, we're here, gang. That's where we are. The House passed this bill. The bill will be blocked by by the Senate, undoubtedly, because you can't pass this thing through reconciliation. So it's going nowhere. It is likely also unconstitutional because it doesn't make any sort of religious carve outs. But the truth is, that it should be unconstitutional because it violates freedom of association. You should be allowed to associate with people you want to associate with. This is a core freedom. And I may not like how you use that freedom, but I'm in favor of freedoms even if I don't like how you use them. And I'm in favor of freedom of speech, even if you are saying bad things with that freedom of speech, with which I do not agree. I'm in favor of freedom of the press, even for places like CNN and MSNBC. But this is the difference between people on the right and people on the left. I like rights, even when people I don't like are exercising those rights in ways I do not like. If you're on the left, Everything is either banned or mandatory. There is no middle category. Good things are mandatory and bad things are banned, according to the left. And they've determined that it is very bad to say that men are men and women are women. And we must we must train every institutional gun in America on anybody who would note this basic biological fact that men exist and women exist 
and human beings, being a mammalian species, are dichotomous in their sex. That there are men and there are women. And the proof of this is that the procreation of the human species relies upon the differences, the biological differences, not the subjective self-assessment differences, the biological differences between men and women. We're going to ignore all of that and pass what is a truly egregious and authoritarian act. The Equality Act is an authoritarian bit of legislation. I'm going to get to all the flaws with the Equality Act in one second, because, of course, Democrats propose every bit of authoritarianism under the guise of tolerance. and It's tolerance and diversity for their point of view. It is shut the hell up or we will prosecute you and or fine you if you have a differing point of view. We'll get to what the Equality Act actually does in just one second. First, when you're running a business, HR issues can absolutely kill you. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, and HR manager salaries are not cheap. They're an average of 70,000 bucks a year. Bambi is spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, and it was created specifically for small business. You can get a dedicated HR manager. You can craft HR policy. You can maintain your compliance all for just 99 bucks a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding determinations, they customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day-to-day all for just 99 bucks a month. It's month-to-month. There are no hidden fees. You can cancel anytime. You didn't start your business because you wanted to spend time on HR compliance. Let Bambi help. Get your free HR audit today. Head on over to Bambi.com Shapiro right now to schedule that free HR audit. That is Bambi.com Shapiro. HR issues, they're very important. They can really hurt your business if you don't get them taken care of. This is why you need Bambi. Spelled B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash Shapiro. Bambi dot com slash Shapiro. Go check them out right now and get that free HR audit when you do. Okay, so what does the Equality Act actually do? So Ryan Anderson, who has been basically book burned by Amazon, they took down his book when Harry became Sally, even though it is a it is a well-written, concise, and yes, tolerant book about transgenderism. He says over and over and over that people who suffer from gender dysphoria should be treated with the greatest of care, which is absolutely true. It is a semblance of how idiotic our society has become that we now say that a man with a mental disorder, namely gender dysphoria, is a woman. Okay, that is that is not how that works. And yes, it is a mental disorder. According to the DSM-4, gender dysphoria is a mental disorder according to the DSM-5, by the way. It used to be called gender identity dysphoria, gender identity disorder. Then they renamed it gender dysphoria because they added a requirement in the DSM-5, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual 5, that it's not just that you identify as a member of the opposite sex, it's that it causes you depression, which is the dumbest standard for diagnosing a mental illness ever, a mental disorder ever. By that standard, if you walk around saying that you are Jesus Christ today, you are not suffering from any sort of mental disorder unless it also causes you distress to say that. Okay, that's a ridiculous standard. It doesn't hold by virtually any other definition of a mental disorder, but that is what the uh, the pseudoscientists over at the American Psychological Association have to say about all of this. In any case, what exactly does the Equality Act do? So Ryan Anderson writes about this. The act updates the law Congress passed primarily to combat racism, the Civil Rights Act of 1964, and adds sexual orientation and gender identity as protected classes akin to race. So if you have any reservations about gender ideology, as even many progressives do, you'd now be the legal equivalent of Bull Connor, right? To say that men and women exist and that they are separate and that a man who believes he is a woman is not actually a woman and that a man who enters a women's locker room with all the male appendages and says he is a woman should not be allowed to do so. This makes you like a 1960s Jim Crow era racist. Okay, now to suggest that the differences between black people and white people are anywhere akin to the differences between men and women is patently crazy. The differences between black people and white people do not matter. They're essentially skin deep. That is the whole point. The difference between men and women is a lot more than skin deep. It affects 
nearly every area of intersexual relationships. It, it affects how men and women develop physically. It, 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 it affects how men and women develop mentally. There are significant differences in mental development between men and women. Women have advantages in some areas. Men have advantages in some areas, but there are major differences. This is all well-established science. There is not a single thing I am saying right now that is conjecture. What is conjecture is the suggestion that sex is completely malleable. What the left has done here is they play a game. Here's how the game works. They accept, supposedly, that sex is non-malleable. Then they say gender is different from sex. So what is gender? Gender is a collection of stereotypes about femininity and masculinity. Okay, but now that they're stereotypes, you're saying that they're arbitrary, right? Because they're stereotypes. They're not connected to any sort of underlying biological reality. And yet you say that gender is so important and so real that those stereotypes actually make you a man or a woman. So now sex doesn't matter, right? So sex, which is the only thing that we can objectively tell, that doesn't matter because gender identity, which a second ago was a set of stereotypes that were supposedly foisted upon you by an intolerant society, those are the only things that matter. So if a man cross-dresses and dresses up as a woman, then this makes him transgender interested, perhaps, right? Maybe he's actually a girl, but it depends on his self-definition. If he's a man who just likes wearing a dress, then for sure he's just a man. But if he's a man who likes wearing a dress and also thinks he's a woman, then he is a transgender person. If none of this makes any scientific sense to you, that's because it has nothing to do with science. It is, in fact, an ideology. It is not, in fact, scientifically rooted. It is, it is based entirely on the fallacy that sexual, that, that biological sex and gender characteristics are completely different. And yet gender characteristics matter more than biological sex. And then what you will see is the final move, which is, well, actually, we're going to go back to that whole thing about sexual dichotomy. It doesn't exist. So you'll see this from the left a lot. Well, you see, you know, there are people who have XX chromosomes or XY chromosomes and who manifest as a member of the other sex because of a developmental disorder. Yes, it's called the developmental disorder. If, if I say that human beings walk upright, that, that is a true statement. Now, are there certain human beings who are born with a disability and cannot walk upright? Yes. Does that mean that as a class of human beings, human beings do not walk upright? No. It means that some people have disorders. Okay, that does not mean that you redefine that exact term. Okay, the, what, what, what people on the left like to do is take edge cases. Right? They like to take genetic anomalies, and then treat those as though this creates entire new classes of human beings. This is incorrect. It is not right. And it, it, it's, all, it's all ridiculous, but this has become the new normal. So now they're trying to enshrine this into law. And this has some pretty dire ramifications for your freedoms. Everything from freedom of association to freedom of religion to freedom of the press to freedom of speech, all of it is going to be ground down under the boot heel of an authoritarian left that decides that basic truth should be verboten. It is a basic truth that men and women exist and exist on the basis of biological characteristics that are objectively verifiable. That is a simple reality. If you die today, there will be people 100 years from now who will be able to look at your DNA and they will be able to tell whether you're a man or a woman and your subjective self-identification will matter not one whit because all you will be at that point is bones. You will be able to know whether you are in fact a man or a woman simply by looking at your bone structure. We do this right now in archaeology. We can tell what sex your baby is before they are born. According to the left, by the way, you can't tell somebody's actual gender until they die. And even then you can't use their biology because your gender could switch any minute. There are people who are 45 years old who have been a man all their life and have sired seven children. And if they decide they're a woman, they were not only are they a woman, they were always a woman because not only does transgender ideology violate the boundaries of biology, it violates the boundaries of physics. It's incredible. It's a time machine. You have to erase every vestige of the idea that this person was ever a man. Right? It's not just 
that Bruce Jenner changed his name and became Caitlyn Jenner and had some surgeries. That is not what happened. Kate, Bruce Jenner was always Caitlyn Jenner. Bruce Jenner was always a woman, you see, while winning medals at the Olympics, which makes him the most accomplished female athlete ever, by the way. Right, so it turns out that biological men are even the best female athletes. It's incredible. But now this is going to be written into law and it's, you're going to be cudgeled with it and your children will be cudgeled with it. Let's not pretend that this is anything but what it is. It's an authoritarian move by the left to cudgel everyone into line. It's an exercise of absolute raw power. That is the attempt right here. Okay, we'll get to what this actually means on a practical level in just one second. First, let us talk about life insurance. So the reality is, if God forbid something would happen to you, your family would not be taken care of if you didn't have life insurance. That's why every responsible adult should, in fact, have life insurance. Policy Genius can help you check off two big items with ease. You can compare life insurance rates, and you can save 50% or more in the process. That means more cash to put toward the things you care about, whatever that may be. Plus, there's no hassle. Their licensed experts work for you, not the insurance companies, so they can offer unbiased advice when you need it. Here's how it works. First, head on over to PolicyGenius.com. In minutes, you can work out how much coverage you need and compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price. Policy Genius will then compare policies starting at as little as a buck a day. You might even be eligible to skip that in-person medical exam. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and the red tape. If you hit any speed bumps during the application process, they will take care of everything soup to nuts. That kind of service has earned Policy Genius a five-star rating across over 1,600 reviews on Trustpilot and Google. If you're worried that March is just around the corner, you haven't gotten anything done, well, here is something you can check off that list, and it's really important. Head on over to Policy Genius right now. You could save 50% or more by comparing quotes and feel good knowing your loved ones would be taken care of if anything were to happen. Head on over to policygenius.com to get started. Okay, so as Ryan Anderson writes, rather than finding common sense, narrowly tailored ways to shield LGBT identifying Americans from truly unjust discrimination, the bill would act as a sword to persecute those who don't embrace newfangled gender ideologies. It would vitiate a sex binary that is quite literally written into our genetic code and is fundamental to many of our laws, not least laws protecting the equality, safety, and privacy of women. And one of the self-defeating notions of the transgender movement and, and, the, and the combination, which is really bizarre, between LGB and T, right? T is not like those others. The others are sexual orientations. T is a gender identity. Right? It's a different thing. Okay, and not only is it a different thing, it militates directly against the notion that men and women are different, which is one of the bases of LGB thinking, right? Because you have decided that you are not sexually attracted to one sex, you are sexually attracted to another sex, or you have been, or you're oriented that way by your genetic code, whatever it is. Okay, but that relies on the idea that men and women are different. Feminism relies on the idea that men and women are different. T relies on the idea that men and women are precisely and absolutely the same in every single way. It's just all in your head. This is why you end up with these bizarre articles every so often from the left-wing press in which there will be a transgender woman, meaning a biological man, calling a man who does not want to have sex with a biological man, a person who is not straight because this biological man now identifies as a woman. You're not truly straight unless you want to have sex with a transgender woman who has a penis, right? If this sounds confusing, it's because it's asinine. It makes no sense at all. It is completely and utterly ridiculous. It's not just a pretzling of logic. It is a twisting of logic into a Gordian knot that even Alexander couldn't cut. And so what does Ryan Anderson says? He says, the Equality Act would sacrifice the hard-won rights of women while privileging men who identify as women. If it becomes law, such men would have the right to spend the night in battered women's shelters, which sounds great, perfect, just awesome. Disrobe in women's locker rooms and compete on women's sports teams, even at K-12 schools. Don't believe me? Here's the text. Quote, an individual shall not be denied access to a shared facility, including a restroom, a locker room, and a dressing room that is in accordance with the individual's gender identity. So you can keep separate facilities for men and women, but you have to redefine what men and women are. 
And again, if somebody says that they are a member of the opposite sex, you just have to take their word for it because there is no objectively verifiable standard to tell. Right? They've removed all objectivity. It's all subjectivity all the way down. The act would massively expand the government's regulatory reach. The Equality Act would coerce any establishment that provides a good service or program, including a store, shopping center, online retailer or service provider, salon, bank, gas station, food bank, service or care center, shelter, travel agency or funeral parlor, or establishment that provides health care, accounting or legal services, along with any organization that receives any federal funding and religious institutions are included. Under the Equality Act, religious schools, adoption agencies and other charities would face federal sanction for upholding the teachings of mainstream biology and the Bible, modern genetics and Genesis when it comes to sex and marriage which means that your church could see its nonprofit status removed or it could be hit with a bunch of fines because your church refuses to say that a man is a woman and a woman is a man and teach its kids at religious schools where my kid goes to a religious day school. I'm not going to send my kids to a school where they teach a woman, where they teach my, where they teach my kindergartner that a man is a woman and a woman is a man because not only is it biologically false, it confuses children and it makes them unhappy. Okay, that is teaching kids lies and confusing them about their own biology is not just idiocy, it is dangerous idiocy. Outrageously, the Equality Act explicitly exempts itself from the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Pope Francis would be treated as the legal equivalent of Jim Crow segregationist, and it gets worse. According to Ryan Anderson, medical doctors, secular and religious, whose expert judgment is that sex reassignment procedures are misguided, would now run afoul of civil rights law. If you perform a mastectomy for breast cancer, now you would be forced by federal law to perform a mastectomy for a 15-year-old girl who wants to be a boy all in the name of equality. And the act refuses to, and the, the act treats any refusal to offer abortion as pregnancy discrimination. Decades of conscience protections against abortion extremism would be undermined. So if you're a doctor and you say, I don't perform abortions, they say, you're, you're discriminating on the basis of pregnancy. This is madness. And this is what Democrats are pushing forward and calling it equality in the process. In a second, I'm going to get to what is the ideological basis for this? Where is this coming from? Because there are some deep ideological roots here. And then we'll see how it manifests, which is totally crazy. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, we all know the first thing we do when we get home from work is change out of those work clothes and get into the comfortable loungewear. Well, luckily for me, I have Tommy John because as I slip into something more comfortable, my Tommy John loungewear set, I'm immediately enveloped in a cocoon of supreme softness and unparalleled comfort. Not only is their loungewear cozy enough to use as sleepwear, it's stylish enough to wear for a quick stroll to the park with my kids. And you won't look like you just rolled out of bed, even if you may have done just that. Tommy John uses luxuriously soft tri-blend fabrics with flexible four-way stretch. Plus, their fabric is non-pilling, meaning it doesn't leave behind lint balls or fuzz. And guys, you might be wondering how they can get any better. Good news. Their underwear, amazing. I mean, I've been using them for years, literally throughout all my other pairs of underwear. Incredibly durable. Their fabric moves with you. It's just great stuff. Plus, Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee protects your most valuable asset. So shop at Tommy John. Get 20% off your first order right now at TommyJohn.com slash Ben. Save 20% for a limited time at TommyJohn.com slash Ben. That's TommyJohn.com slash Ben. See site for details. Okay, so here is, is where all of this comes from. Over the course of the last century and a half, there has been a shift in terms of how people view themselves. This is a point made by a philosopher named Robert Bella. The, the basic idea is that it used to be the enlightenment idea of enlightenment liberalism is that individuals mattered. Right Before that, you were just seen as a member of a community only. If you go back to Aristotle, then Aristotle would talk about you as a member of the polis, right? That your value was in your value to the, to the political community that surrounded you. And in religious communities, there was some of this as well, right? Your value was as a member of the tribe, so to speak. Okay? Enlightenment liberalism fixated on a couple of things. They said, number one, you have the individual ability to reason. 
Your reason is supposed to pursue virtue, right? This is a very Greek idea. At the same time, the Bible says that every individual is created in the image of God. This creates individual rights. So Enlightenment liberalism was predicated on the notion that government should treat you as an individual and you should be treated as an individual, right? This is the basis for all of our politics now. But there is an unspoken assumption, which is that in treating you as an individual, your job, your duty, right? The other side of the right, the other side of the rights that, that adhered to you by dint of the laws of nature and nature's God is that would you, you would use that liberty to pursue virtue. You would use your reason in order to pursue, to pursue virtue and be a better person. This is why removing the Judeo-Christian roots of the Enlightenment ends up with radicalism. Because when you remove the duty to be a good person or a virtuous person, when you remove all of that, all you end up with is just your belief that as an individual, you are entitled to define the world in any way you want. And you see this in language from people like Justice Anthony Kennedy, who suggested in an abortion case, right, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, he suggested that you have a right to define the universe and the meaning of life in any way that you want. Okay, well, that is all fun and games up until the point where you demand that I accept and tolerate your meaning of life, right? That, that I accept your version of reality. This is what Robert Bella talked about. He called it expressive individualism. There's a difference between enlightenment individualism, which recognizes that, yes, you have rights as an individual, but you ought to use those rights in order to exercise your reason and pursue, and pursue virtue, typically in a Judeo-Christian sense, and expressive individualism. Expressive individualism completely disconnects you from the community at large. It creates you as an atomic individual, right? You're an, you're, you're an atomistic individual, rather. You're a, you're a separate individual from the rest of the community. And the only thing that matters is how you define the world. Expressive individualism is the basic idea that the goal of life and of government ought to be ensuring the ability of individuals to explore their own perception of the good life and to express it as they see fit in any way. Enlightenment liberalism, as, as I say, was built atop a basis of notions about Greek virtue and Judeo-Christian decency. Okay, but that was removed over the course of time. Expressive individualism obliterates those limits. So if you find, if you find meaning in avoiding responsibility and living as basically a teenager your entire life, that is just fine and no one can judge you for it. If you find meaning in ignoring your kids, nobody can really judge you for that because after all, you don't have a duty. Duties don't accrue. Duties are an element of virtue. If you find meaning in defining yourself in a way that is directly contrary to either reality or decency, that is also liberty. So if you decide that you are a man when you are a woman or that you are a woman when you are a man, that is just you defining reality for yourself. It's expressive individualism because the goal of life is to express yourself. It's all about authenticity. It is not about duty. It is not about decency. It's not about reason. It's about finding your authentic self. And here's the thing. There's a corollary. Okay, anybody who stops you from expressing yourself this way is an obstacle. Anybody who stops you from expressing yourself this way is a problem. And we don't even mean rules that stop you from acting the way we want. We mean anybody who refuses to acknowledge your reality as reality writ large is a problem for you. O. Carter Sneed, philosophy professor at University of Notre Dame, says that according to philosopher Charles Taylor, individualism, expressive individualism, requires the approval of others. Taylor, quote, identified a new category of harm that emerges in a culture of expressive individualism, namely the failure to receive, accept, and appreciate the expression of others' inner depths. To fail to recognize the expression of other selves is a violation and a harm to them. Right? Because after all, your deepest belief system is what we all seek in life. And if people refuse to acknowledge that your belief system is reality, then this means they have infringed upon you. So if you choose to use the pronoun G, and I say, nope, you're a dude, then I have infringed upon you. 
I've infringed upon you in such an egregious way that the federal government should step in and regulate it. Now, as you may notice, expressive individualism neglects a simple fact, which is that many people define reality in a different way. In a, libertar- in a libertarian universe, we would be able to acknowledge that some people define reality in a certain way, but I don't have a responsibility to accept that in my life. I don't have a responsibility to accept unreality as reality. But the left wing believes that only secular expressive individualism matters, which is why religious conscience protections can be overwritten, which is why basic biology can be overwritten, because all that matters is what is in the heart of the individual. And if you refuse to accept their reality, you are imposing on them, right? This is the, this is the completely backwards world in which we live. There's only one group here who's pointing the government gun at somebody. And it is the advocates of the Equality Act. People on the right are not pointing the government gun at anybody. It is people on the left who are demanding that you acquiesce to a biological unreality, that you acquiesce to an ideological ridiculous notion, an ideologically silly notion, a self-contradictory notion, by the way. And that if you do not, they will point the government gun at you and then say that you are the intolerant, non-accepting one. The answer to all of this should be no. But you'll see how this plays out. And it does play out this way. You'll see who gets shellacked in public life for saying true things and who gets rewarded for saying false things. We'll get to that in just one second. First, we have now made it to Friday. We're nearly to the end of the month, which means this is your very last chance to take advantage of the February deals over at Beard Supply. Now, we here at Daily Wire, we have a number of famous beards, right? We have Jeremy Boring's beard. We have Matt Walsh's magnificent beardiness. There are a lot of beards over here at at the Daily Wire. And each one of them has been handcrafted by the folks over at Beard Supply. If you want your beard to grow out in style, which is exactly what Beard Supply's all-natural, all-awesome beard oils will help you do, you have to head on over to beardsupply.com and make your selection right now. You can go shop their February deal today. Buy one, get one 50% off on all of their magnificent beard oils. Be like a magnificent Viking king. Go ahead over to beardsupply.com. Make your selection. The discount is only good for the next 48 hours. No promo code is necessary. Just head on over to beardsupply.com. And gents, since this is the last time of the year, I can say this. Happy February. Now, go treat yourself to some beard oils and be like all of the manly men in your past. Grow out that beard and make sure that you use the beard oil that makes it the best beard it can be. Go check out beardsupply.com right now. Okay, so again, there are foundational legal problems with the Equality Act. It is outside the scope of typical non-discrimination law. It is a deliberate attempt to shut down all debate on an issue where the facts do not side with the left. And and people, this is authoritarian stuff. It truly is. So, for example, when asked whether there should be a religious exemption, whether religious people should be able to teach their children that men and women are different, people who are advocates of this bill say, nope, absolutely not. We want to teach your children. We must teach your children, in fact. Not only that, we must make your church do what we want your church to do. We must make you, as a religious person, abandon your religious principles. By the way, if you actually want things to get incredibly ugly in this country, start seriously infringing religious liberty rights. Religious people have a very, very long history of resisting government intervention into their religious lives. And they they happen to be right, okay? The, the, The reality is that if you have a deeply held belief about God and the nature of decency... And then you have people who are insisting that they cram down their version of decency on your children. You're going to run into some resistance there. And you ought to, because this is authoritarian bullcrap. And here was a, an LGBTQ plus reporter from the 19th, Kate Sosin, talking about religious exemptions. The Equality Act tries to insert protections for LGBTQ people into the Civil Rights Act of 1964, 
So, um, you know, people are protected on the basis of race. You can't turn away a black person from a restaurant. Um, and the same thing will be true for a gay person. Um, if you put religious exemptions into that bill, you're opening up a can of worms, right? So this is going to be the sticking point. Oh, it's a can of worms, is it? See, religious liberty and freedom of association and freedom of speech, by the way, all of this is just a can of worms. No, you know what opens up the can of worms? Trying to cram down a one-size anti-reality-fits-all rule on every American. Because, by the way, this has free speech ramifications, too. We've already seen this in, like, the New York City Human Rights Council has suggested that if you misgender somebody, they are going to fine you. So, in other words, if I call somebody by their biological pronouns, just like humans have done throughout nearly all of human history, then this means that I have actively discriminated against you for saying a true thing. Now, by the way, people have asked me about this all the time. Do you use transgender pronouns? Do you use what they call preferred pronouns, which is not preferred, right? It's, it's I require you to use it. It's mandatory pronouns, right? Is it because they're not preferred, right? You don't make the preference. It is that you require somebody else to use it, right? I have a preference to do X. I, if I have a preference that you do X, that is a mandatory, that, that, that is now a requirement upon you. Okay, that, that is the lie about the term preferred pronouns. It is not that I prefer that you use this pronoun. It's if you don't use this pronoun, you're a discriminatory tool bag. It's a requirement that I do something. It, it, all of this is euphemistic garbage. In any case, the basic idea here, people have asked about using these sorts of pronouns. And here's what I've said. If I'm at dinner with a transgender person, I'll call them whatever they want. I don't care because that's just being polite. But when I discuss, this is my basic rule. When I discuss people in general, you know, when I'm speaking about them on a broad level, when I'm speaking about politics, I refuse to use pronouns that do not apply to the biological sex. I will not do that because words have meaning. I'm not just going to not use words that have meaning on the basis that somebody's feelings might be hurt. Because guess what? That is public policy and that is politics and that is reality. Sometimes the facts don't jibe with your feelings. Sometimes the facts are just what the facts are. And I'm happy to be polite and treat you with the utmost courtesy when we are in a personal situation. I've gone out to dinner with transgender people to make sure that they are doing okay after a lecture of mine, for example. This happened when I was in Canada. Had breakfast with a transgender person who was unhappy with how an exchange went the previous night at a particular speech, got together with this person, used whatever pronouns this person wanted. But when it comes to, is that person a man or a woman? That person is their biological sex. End of story. Okay, but this makes you bad because, again, you are violating somebody else's expressive individualism. So Marjorie Taylor Greene right now is the person who is getting shellacked over all this. Now, as you know, I'm not a Marjorie Taylor Greene fan. I've spoken out against her. I've suggested that censure might be appropriate for some of the comments that she has made in the past, including about Jewish space lasers, okay? But she happened not to have started this entire exchange over transgenderism. So what happened is that there's a congresswoman named Marie Newman. And Marie Newman gave a speech on the House floor in which she talked about her transgender daughter, meaning her biological son, and suggested that because she has a biological son who believes that he is a woman, this means that we ought to mandate all across the land that everybody simply overthrow basic notions of human biology and sexual dichotomy. Right? This, this is what she had to say on the floor of the house. And, and again, I feel bad for her as a mother. I feel bad for her son as a son. Right? That You can have enormous sympathy for people who are suffering with, gen, for gender, with gender dysphoria, and you should have sympathy for them. You should treat them decently. That is not the same thing as mandating that hundreds of millions of Americans buy into the overt lie that men are women and women are men, and it is all, a, it is all just a matter of self assessment. You take a little quiz every day and determine whether you're a man or a woman. That's absurd. In any case, here was Congresswoman Marie Newman. I rise today on behalf of the millions of Americans who continue to be denied housing, 
education, public services, and much, much more because they identify as members of the LGBTQ community. Americans like my own daughter, who years ago bravely came out to her parents as transgender. I knew from that day on my daughter would be living in a nation where most of its states she could be discriminated against merely because of who she is. And yet, it was still the happiest day of my life. Okay, so in any case, this is what she said. And you have to have sympathy for her and have sympathy for her son. And again, you shouldn't mistreat people based on the fact that they suffer from gender dysphoria, of course. Okay, all of that is perfectly clear. And by the way, there would be a tailored way to do some of these things, but they're not interested in doing this in a tailored way, obviously. Okay, so Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted out, and this happens to be correct. As much broken clocks can be right, people I don't like can be right. Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted out, as mothers, we all love and support our children, but your biological son does not belong in my daughter's bathrooms, locker rooms, and sports teams. All right, that seems like a perfectly fine tweet. Frankly, I, I don't disagree with any element of that. Right, that, that is it. That is a perfectly decent tweet. We are talking about public policy here. Right? When it comes to shaping law, you have to have in mind what the actual legal standard is going to be. Okay, well, this resulted in Congresswoman Marie Newman just posturing for the cameras. So she decides that she is going to take a transgender flag and walk over to Marjorie Taylor Greene's office, which is across the hall, and plant the transgender flag outside Marjorie Taylor Greene's office. Right, so she she posted a transgender flag right outside her own office, right? And so Marjorie Taylor Greene goes outside her office and she posts a sign that says there are two genders, male and female. Trust the science. Okay, so the clapback is where people are getting angry, getting angry. Of course, because you see, when you impose on somebody else a biological falsehood, this is not considered an imposition. This is considered expressive individualism. If you say biology exists, this is considered an imposition. Marjorie Taylor Greene did not start that particular exchange on social media. It was Congresswoman Marie Newman who did. But the villain today, of course, in the media, is Marjorie Taylor Greene. There are plenty of reasons why people don't like Marjorie Taylor Greene. This is not one of them. Okay, this is not one of them. In a second, we're going to get to the most absurd exchange over all of this. The villain of the day now is Rand Paul. Okay, I'll explain why this is just not only, not only screwed up to make Rand Paul the villain in this particular situation, but our society has a deep and serious illness if it believes that Rand Paul is the bad guy in this particular situation. We'll get to this in just one second. First, as we saw in Texas recently, after what we see in California routinely, nobody can deny how vulnerable we very often are. The power grid failures, severe weather, they made the food supply chain come to a grinding halt in many parts of the country last week. Whenever that happens, people suffer. That's why it is smart to prepare in advance for disaster by stocking up on long-term storage emergency food. Food that stays fresh for up to 25 years, so you're never going to go hungry. I strongly recommend My Patriot Supply. It's America's leader in self-reliance. They're the only source we use for emergency food planning. Right now, you can save 50 bucks off four-week kits of delicious meals that give you 2,000-plus calories a day. That's exactly what you're going to need in order to survive the next disaster. Again, planning for disaster. The government tells you to do it. Okay, so this is not a right-left issue. The reality is that if something bad were to happen, you need to make sure that you have enough food stored up so that you're okay. These four-week emergency food kits ship in one day discreetly to your door. Supplies are limited, so do not wait. Most people aren't prepared for a disaster, but now you know, and now you're thinking about it, so just go do it. Go to preparewithben.com. Save 50 bucks. Stock up right now. That's preparewithben.com. Again, preparewithben.com. Go check them out right now. My Patriot Supply at preparewithben.com. All righty. In just a second, we'll get to Rand Paul having an exchange that just exposes how our society, honestly, we may be irrevocable, 
irrevocably broken. You may be irrevocably broken. First, it is that glorious time of the week when I give a shout out to a Daily Wire member. Today, it is Fry Saucy on Twitter, who perfectly sums up our newest colleagues last few weeks. In the picture, actress Gina Carano's action figure from The Mandalorian stands confidently on top of the world's greatest beverage vessel. The caption reads, Gina as Cara Dune on her supply of hashtag leftist tears. At Ben Shapiro, hashtag leftist tears Tumblr. In a follow-up tweet, Fry Saucy writes, my husband asked me to tweet it because he's anti-Twitter. Your husband is right. Twitter is indeed a hellscape. That picture was worth the tweet. Thanks for the shout out and for being a Daily Wire member. By the way, tens of thousands of people joining like pretty much every single week here at Daily Wire become one of them. We're launching a new show exclusively for Daily Wire members. This is so cool. Okay, so there's a simple, highly effective rule for making a good good argument. Do not build it on a fallacy. The left doesn't care about this particular rule. That is why we are going to be destroying, destroying through facts and logic those particular fallacies every single Friday in 15 minutes or less exclusively for our members. Only for our members. It's not available to the general public in our new series, Debunked. Every week, I will take facts and logic and I'll put them up against a popular leftist argument, the kind you see your friends post and share all over the internet. Whether we are talking about transgender ideology or universal healthcare, I'm gonna help you completely dismantle these arguments. So if you're not already a Daily Wire member, head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use code Debunked to get 25% off. The first episode is dropping soon, as in, I think today, right? So head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe today. Do it today. Use code DEBUNKED for 25% off to access my brand new series. I'm going to give you all the arguments that you need to fight at the water cooler and on social media and to really know what you're talking about. Go over to dailywire.com slash subscribe today. Use code DEBUNKED for 25% off. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. All righty, so the latest example of authoritarians treating non-authoritarians as the villain uh, is this exchange between Rand Paul and Rachel Levine. So Rachel Levine is most famous for being the transgender former head of the health services in, in Pennsylvania. And as former head of the health services in Pennsylvania, Dr. Levine took this person's mother out of a nursing home while simultaneously shipping COVID positive people back into nursing homes. This person has no qualifications whatsoever. I mean, truly, no. this is the thing that this person is most famous for, other than being a transgender person. Right? Upon the announcement of Rachel Levine as an undersecretary nominee, a deputy secretary nominee, all of the press releases were like, transgender doctor nominated. Okay, last I checked, I don't care whether a doctor is trans or not. I care whether that doctor is capable of providing the care that is necessary. In any case, Rand Paul asked this person who wants to be the Biden nominee for undersecretary of health and human services, deputy secretary of health and human services, asked a very simple question. As Secretary of Health and Human Services, are you in favor of using the government to force parents to ignore when their children are undergoing hormone treatment or gender disfiguring surgery? I mean, that seems like a pretty easy answer there, right? And so here's Rand Paul questioning Dr. Rachel Levine. And of course, this makes Rand Paul the villain, you see, because Rand Paul is considered transphobic for saying that perhaps, you know, like 11-year-olds, should not be given hormone treatments in the absence uh, in the absence of parental approval. This makes Rand Paul a transphobe. If folks on the authoritarian left say they're not coming for the kids, this is a pretty good example of how they are perfectly well coming for the kids. And if you question them about it, then they get very upset. Dr. Levine, do you believe that minors are capable of making such a life-changing decision as changing one's sex? 
Well, Senator, thank you for your interest in this question. Um, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field um, with robust research and uh, standards of care that have been developed. Will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions? Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field. Let it go into the record that the witness refused to answer the question. Okay, and that is a very simple question, right? Your kid comes home and says that he is a girl. And you say, okay, well, I want to do watchful waiting, which is the proper response, right? Because the vast majority of kids don't end up actually suffering from gender dysphoria. The vast majority of kids are confused. Some of them end up being gay, right? I mean, and they end up having a different sexual orientation, but that doesn't manifest as they are a member of the opposite sex or think they are a member of the opposite sex. There's pretty solid evidence to this, to this proposal. In any case, here is a thing that should never happen in any free society. People who are under the age of 18 can't get a Tylenol from the school nurse. But now you're saying that a boy can walk into the school nurse and the government should just give that kid an estrogen pill or go further and allow transgender surgery for that kid or take the kid away from the parents if the parents refuse to go along with that kind of stuff. Okay, so that's what Rand Paul is asking Rachel Levine about. And Rachel Levine's response is, I'm not going to answer that question. That's an insane answer, an insane answer. I mean, it's, it's child abuse. What we are talking about is government-sponsored child abuse, government-mandated child abuse. Right? Rand Paul began questioning Levine about genital mutilation of minors, which, by the way, these surgeries are. Okay, You can say that the surgeries are something that a, a person of majority status might want. It's a free country. You can do that. But to term it anything other than genital mutilation, to remove the actual genitals of a man and then carve out of that man a fake vagina. There's no other way to characterize that other than genital mutilation. That's what it is. Now, again, should adults be able to do that if they want to do that? I'm a libertarian. Do what you want. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a, the evidence that this has a particularly salutary effect on your future is extraordinarily scanty. If I were a doctor, I would not perform these sorts of surgeries because of that lack of evidence. I think these surgeries are immoral, but adults are free to do what adults do. But if you're talking about doing that to a child, you're talking about doing that to a child? I mean, I don't understand how Rand Paul talking about genital mutilation of a child makes Rand Paul the bad guy. Paul said genital mutilation has been universally condemned. Genital mutilation is considered particularly egregious because, as the WHO notes, it is nearly always carried out, carried out on minors and is a violation of the rights of children. He said American culture is now normalizing the idea that minors can be given hormones to prevent biological development of their secondary sexual characteristics. That would be puberty blockers. By the way, this is now being treated as standard of care by the left, not watchful waiting. If you say, listen, kids should be able to grow into their puberty and they should become adults before they make these decisions, this apparently is a massive imposition on an 11-year-old who knows nothing about puberty, who knows nothing about sexual orientation, who knows nothing about what it is like to develop as a man or a woman. So watchful waiting is out the window. Instead, what we ought to be pursuing is active puberty blockers. We have no idea what the long-term effects of these things are. They're off-label, as Rand Paul points out. This makes Rand Paul a bad guy. He said, Dr. Levine, you have supported both allowing minors to be given hormone blockers to prevent them from going through puberty, as well as surgical destruction of a minor's genitalia. Okay, and this apparently makes him bad. This makes him super bad. Okay, it's just, it's incredible. So when you ask about authoritarianism here, who's the authoritarian? The guy who says we should not overrule parents and allow the government to force parents to let children mutilate their own genitals or have puberty blockers. We don't know the long-term side effects. Or do any, the government should step in and do it themselves. Who's the authoritarian here? 
In a society that values expressive individualism above basic human decency, the person who is striving for basic human decency is now seen as indecent. That is why things are completely and utterly upside down. All right, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of The Ben Shapiro Show. First, you cannot forget to end your week by checking out The Andrew Clavin Show. Drew is back every Friday. He's got an exciting night planned for you. So head on over to dailywire.com this evening at 7 p.m. Eastern and tune in. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Knowles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Colton Haas, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Production manager, Pavel Wydowski. Our associate producers are Rebecca Doyle and Savannah Dominguez. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant, Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright 2021. Hey, everybody. This is Andrew Clavin, host of The Andrew Clavin Show. You know, some people are depressed because the republic is collapsing, the end of days is approaching, and the moon's turned to blood. But on The Andrew Clavin Show, that's where the fun just gets started. So come on over to The Andrew Clavin Show and laugh your way through the fall of the republic with me, Andrew Clavin. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.